Hey there, this is Jackie of Maiden Voyage Podcast, and you're listening to episode four, season one, the one where we dive into, can I get more money? Maiden Voyage is a podcast recorded by the women of Impulse Creative. Audrey, Rachel, Jen, Danielle, Courtney, Jackie. We're CEOs, salespeople, project managers, writers, and marketers. We're also wives, rad moms, remote employees all over the country, in-house staff, empowered single ladies, and all-around ass-kickers. There's a lot of challenges we face, overcome, and share that make our voyage different than those of the men we work with. This is our journey. This week's episode is brought to you by Impulse Creative. All right, ladies, I know it's a tough one. We've gone back and forth internally about, do we talk about this? Do we not talk about this? It's awkward to share personal experiences. It's not awkward. It's empowering. I hate this, but Really today we're coming to you, to our Voyager listeners, to talk to you about asking for promotions, the pay discrepancy, and really like how do you even go about this tactfully? So we are going to share, we're open, this is a safe space. We're going to share some maybe experiences we've had personally, um, but most importantly, uh, we're going to dive a little later into giving you some techniques and tips to ask for a raise or to negotiate your, your uh, pay um, and really how to go about that. Uh, in a, in a even way, because we know the facts are that women are still paid less than men, 80 cents to the dollar. It is 28, 2019 and women are still paid less than men. Um, I know we've all had a few personal experiences that we're going to share. And, and Audrey, I think you have an amazing story that is really interesting and kind of a slap in the face in, in the funniest way. Um, so it was 2015, my husband and I worked for the same company and, um, it was for a restaurant and anyone who works in a restaurant knows that it's, that's a definite man's world for sure. Um, but I, we were both managing and technically at the time he is more experienced than I do managing in restaurants, but he was under me. I was training him how to use all of everything. Wait, but, can you tell us who he is? Cause I think that's the kicker. Oh, it was my husband. <laughs> so that's the really awkward part too, because anyways, long story short, he was making almost double than I was. And, um, but he was still bringing home the money to me. So I couldn't really complain about it. Right. But it's just so funny. You were like technically his boss and you were making less than him. I wouldn't say I was his boss. I mean, I acted like I was his boss, but I was <laughs> definitely like training him because he didn't know how, like at that time, how to use like the POS or how to do, um, you know, all of the paperwork that as a manager you have to do every single day. Right. So yeah, for like, it was two weeks and it was two weeks before our wedding too, that like I was training him and it was so funny. But you had the same job description. Yeah, the exact same. And so I just read this article in USA Today that said women are in lost wages, it's $513 billion a year because of the current pay gap. And what was even more interesting statistic I read is that from um, Equal Pay Day, which is in like early November, if we look at the 80, 80 cent on a dollar gap from Equal Pay Day till the beginning of the new year, women aren't even paid if you want to break it down that way. So there's almost two whole months out of the year that we're not getting a salary in comparison to some of our male colleagues. Um, and even in marketing, cause I did a little bit of research about specific to marketing. The pay gap is a little smaller in our industry. It's only 14% to 18% pay gap, but you know, full-time female employees for the past three years have been sitting at about this 14.1% pay gap. Um, and, and this, that's the article that, I learned about this equal payday where we're literally making nothing from 
November 10th is the date until the new year. So like so frustrating, so frustrating. I personally have asked and negotiated at, um, previous employers for an, an increase in my salary. And it's hard. It's, it makes me sweat. I like get nervous. And, and I would say that I, I have a, someone that I use and I'll talk about that later to like get me all amped up to do these things. Um, because I think a lot of times, like I personally come from like this emotional standpoint of like, I want more money or I need more money or I deserve more money. And, and I I just don't think that is the right way to go about it. And like I said, we'll talk a little bit later how to overcome that. But even asking is hard. And I like, I like got Uber dressed up that day and I like went into the meeting and, and it, worked out in my favor, uh, in the end, not what I asked for, but just the fact that like I asked, I think was half the battle. Does anyone else ever feel like guilty? I know this is so bad, but like, sometimes I'm like, okay, well, if I know that, you know, in my past jobs, like it's in the middle of summer, they're not making enough money or, um, even here, like, oh, we lost a client, but like, I still want to raise, but then I feel bad because I'm taking money out of the, the profitability. So does it, has anyone else felt like that or is that just me being like totally? Well, I mean, in my opinion, it, it can't hurt to ask because they can always tell you yes or no, or give you a date of when it might happen. Okay. Rachel, you want to talk later? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But Rachel, you bring up a good point. You can't hurt to ask. Right. And We've all been in the position where we know we deserved more and it just wasn't happening. And Jen, I feel like you said you had some experiences or or tips you wanted to share with uh, our Voyagers who are amping themselves up right now and ready to walk into their boss's office. (laughs) Yeah, um, mine's kind of more like advice for when you're in the actual interviews. I don't know if it's too soon to be chatting about that, but I could dive in. Go for it. Okay. Um, I watched maybe like three, four years ago at this point, I sat in on this like live hour long um, webinar kind of thing where this woman went over, um, hey, like interview tips and salary negotiation. And I feel like in this one hour, I learned so much and I took notes. Like I have this sheet of paper that I took like four years ago, my notes from this. <laughs> that I keep I, in, in my little like resume binder because every time it comes time for me to interview again, I refresh up on these tips. I can't even remember the woman's name, but it was like four weeks to land the job you love was the title of the workshop. Um, and one of the things that she said that's worked phenomenally for me is to talk about um, what your position is being considered for for the role, like, and on the upper end of it versus talking about what you want. Mm. So a lot of the time for like, I'm a content marketer, just to say there's like an X salary that it's from this range to this range, people in my area should be making somewhere in this threshold. It's always important to bring up in the interview what this threshold is, because more times than not, you're probably being underpaid for this threshold or at the lower end. So to me, sometimes just bringing up the fact that this is what the threshold is puts a little bit more pressure on the boss or manager to say like, hey, I know that I should be making this and I'm pointing that out to you. It doesn't have to be in an aggressive way, but just to kind of make that a, like, you know what I mean? Put that out there. I love um, that. Yeah. Like yeah. the big pink elephant in the room, just like 
set that girl on the table. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And a big thing that I've done when I've been doing multiple interviews is when somebody asks me how much I want to be making, I say a very powerful sentence, um, which is I'm being considered for positions at this amount. So instead of saying, you know, I want this, say, you know, I've been making this in the past or I am being considered for roles right now paying this amount. So match it. That is a super powerful statement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I could never say that. (laughs) Why not? I don't know. I, I get so, I don't know. I get so like weakish. I hate it. I need like a strong glass of wine before I have any of those conversations. <laughs> is it fear of losing the job? Is that like, it, so there's the difference between like interviewing for a job for the first time and having the negotiation versus having it when you're already there. Like totally. You get nervous at both times. I don't even think it's like fear of rejection. I just, I, it's so uncomfortable. And I, I think it's that guilt thing. Like, I don't know. Okay. I don't think that's uncommon, Audrey. I don't think you're alone in that. Um, uh, one of the articles I read talked about how that is, a th- uh, I think the word they used was like a communal characteristic where like you just want everyone, to, like we want everything to be good and I want everything to be doing good and I don't want to feel like I'm taking away from someone else. And and it's not that you don't feel like you deserve it, but there's all these other extra kind of emotions that you're placing within the idea of asking for more money that like is that hesitation and they talked about that in this article I read so you're definitely not alone in that thanks Jackie (laughs) (laughs) Jen I love that could you give us like one more or two more tips that you took away from this four-year old piece of paper that I'm obsessed with right now yeah seriously you could teach a class on this (laughs) (laughs) one thing that has always um worked for me too is when having these conversations it's nice to be stern but to always end with saying but I'm negotiable based on finding the right fit um something that's always worked for me and I know when I had originally um had talks here even with Remington was that one thing that I always pushed was finding a company with a great culture and finding a good fit and that um when you kind of preface it in that way and let them know that you're looking for a fit, half the time you're already a good fit and they're willing to pay you a little bit more because they realize that some people aren't. Fair. Cool. So there are some things that I've always done. I learned, um, I've, I've always been in mostly sales roles. And so I always had to kind of prove my worth and why I deserved either a bonus or whatever it was. And corporate America had like really formal reviews and, and I learned the hard way in my first few years in corporate America that if you don't recall regularly what you're doing that makes you amazing and stand out from your colleagues, when it comes time in December to ask for a raise, you're going to forget. And I know I've shared this with some of you. So I keep um, a working word doc always of things where like I excelled or I did great, or I made someone really happy as a client, or I exceeded this goal or that goal, whatever it might be. Like I keep a running word doc. I also keep a folder in my email. That's like, it's called awesome Jackie. And if I get an email from a client, that's like, thank you. You killed it. Or from a colleague who's like, you made this person happy. I like, I have a folder now. So when it's time for me to 
put on my big girl panties and, and go in and have those hard conversations. I'm not going in from an emotional standpoint. I'm going in to say, these are the 17 million things that I did awesome in writing. These are my job expectations. Here's where I exceeded them because I truly believe you do the work for the job you want to be paid for before you ask for that money. No one's yeah. going to pay you for a job you haven't done yet. Right. Um, and so those are kind of the ways I look at it is it's like, what have I done? How can I prove that? And you don't want to sit there because it's, it's nerve wracking to ask for this and to have this conversation with your employer. And if I can come from it with having eight months of hard work already put together for me, you don't have to take the time to like, oh my God, well, let me go back through my calendar. What did I do that was good in January? Like, how can I make myself smell like roses in August for something I did in September? um, of last year. So, so that's just one tip that I do. And then I also have an external sounding board who I've been working with for a long time, who helps me with like my resumes and like all that kind of stuff. And before I go into these negotiations ever, I always call her and I don't talk to her every day, but she knows me personally. And she knows kind of like where I am professionally to be able to talk to me about something that I find really important, non-financial negotiables. So like, yeah, I want to make 15, 20,000, 30,000 more dollars a year. Who doesn't? But I also want the freedom to do X, Y, and Z. Leave at five. Have a longer lunch break to go to the gym. Whatever those things are. And so she's also taught me that what can I negotiate into my work-life balance instead of money that's going to make me ultimately happier but may not be a dollar. That's cool. Yeah. yeah so sometimes... So sometimes you can ask for something else instead of pay to feel like you're getting what you need. Maybe when the organization doesn't have money to give you or they're not going to give you money. So like, what else can you give me? Can I get an extra vacation day? Whatever that might be within your lifestyle. I think that's something important to, to look at as well. Um, never walk away from asking for money, but it's something as a backup negotiation. I think you could always have in your pocket. I never thought about that. That's really cool. Yeah. In, in my opinion, as a, you know, boss, whatever, um, we'd be more likely to give something like that because it's not money out of the, the business. Right. But if it's ultimately going to make me happier, right. Then, right. Then that's a win-win for everybody. And I think it's something that we can forget to ask about when we're so focused on salary negotiations. And that is, I think, more specific when you're already working at an organization than when you're like looking for a new one, but also something to consider when you're going into an interview, like you're not going to get your pay. This is kind of a backup negotiation you could have. Yeah. Something fun. That is fun. I, I think thought about that. It, in, in my experience as well, um, as a, what not to do is, from the other, putting my boss hat on from the other perspective, don't threaten to leave in like asking for one of these salary raises or whatever. Don't say, Hey, I, I'm going to go do this. If you don't give me this, right. That, that puts us in a really bad spot and, and it's very frustrating. Well, that could also ruin like the, like that would ruin, I think your employer employee relationship. Mm -hmm. It definitely puts strain. Mm -hmm. Don't come at me like that. That's you're not. Nobody wins in that game, right? Mm -hmm. That puts up a red flag and mm -hmm. could manipulate and lose your job eventually because well, of that. And that puts you on the radar too. Like if you're already looking for another job and then you're coming Flight at your hard, right? Like you are on the list now. I'm watching you. Exactly. That's foolish. 
Good point, mm-hmm. though. Any other tips, Rachel, or suggestions you would give to people who are ready to step into their boss's office? Um, I would say definitely just do it with confidence. Um, it It's not comfortable for the boss either. You know, it's, it's just a, a subject that nobody likes to talk about because ultimately when we're asked for a raise, that's more money that's going to be coming out. So having that folder or that doc that you said you have with proof of everything good, also do the things that you can improve. Um, and, and then it shows that you deserve the raise that you are asking for. That's great. Yeah. Like there's still more for me to do. Right. This is what I intend on learning to do. This is what I intend on getting certified to do. Um, that, that really gives us the, the feel good of, mm-hmm. okay, well, maybe if you, we can't do it right now, but when you reach that, then we'll have another discussion or, you know, just give us a little bit of initiative. Yeah. Remington told me one time too, he's like, I, I never get mad at people for asking me for a raise. Like, he's like, right. You know, and that, that made me feel better. Right. Right. And I think that like a lot of us default to the emotions. Like I feel bad. I don't want to make them angry. This is awkward. But like, you know, in the end, yeah, it's all of those things. But I think we have to remove ourselves from the emotional point of it and be factual. And like Rachel said, confident. And look, all they can say is no. We've heard no in our lives in so many different ways. That's the worst thing that happens. It's a win because you stood up. You, you asked and you did the hard part. Most of the time you'll find out, like, if they say no, like, you'll find out what you can do to make them say yes. So you're growing right. too. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's truthfully, as, you know, part of the boss side, that's what we look for. We want somebody to be hungry to learn more. And then we see that you are actually trying to better yourself and better the company in, right. in the end. Right. Totally. Guys, I think we turned this from an, what could have been an awkward conversation to some really great tips for our listeners to, to make big changes in their lives. I love that. I like it. Maybe yeah. words gold right here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Episode four in the books. Um, so we are going to move to one of our favorite parts of the podcast. And we're going to talk a little poop deck, ladies and gentlemen. So this is uh, just, if you, if you haven't listened before, uh, go back and watch episodes one, two, and three. But if you have, you know, this is the time where we get to share whether you did something amazing or really if you self-sabotaged. Um, and what is this about? I'm just reading this amazing script that uh, Danielle wrote for us, what they've learned about it and how they throat punch that challenge. So <laughs> got a little poop deck right now. I think this one throat punched themselves. This is terrible, but I'm sorry to say it, but Slack, we love you as an instant messaging and chat feature. Your new logo sucks. So bad. Terrible. It doesn't even stand out. I actually, I really like the old one better. I do too. Did you guys, does it change on your computer yet? Yeah. Yes. It throws me off every day. Me too. I can't. No, no, it didn't change in my dock on the bottom. It will. Mine changed yesterday. It takes me like five minutes to find it now. It's terrible. And the color of it's purple. I don't understand why. I I don't know. They sent out, Courtney, did you read the article they sent out or was that Jeff who read it? No, I never saw it. Yeah. I didn't get an article. I didn't see it. I woke up, it was Thursday morning. I'll never forget it. First thing I, first thing I did was went to go look at Slack and I couldn't find it. It really (laughs) threw off my entire day. Like I could not, I was just steps behind. 
I think they had like an Apple, non-Apple delay because the whole team was talking about it. And I was like, whatever, in my, doing my jam. I was in my world. You can't even see it. I see it. It's so stupid. Um, the next day, I slack everyone. I'm like, hey, did anyone's slack icon change? I called you out so bad. Like, did you know Heath Ledger died? But it, it took me to, like, I didn't get any of those changes until 24 hours after you guys did. So I didn't really feel the pain point that you had. But now that I'm with you, when it, the notification comes up on my phone, I don't even look at it because I didn't realize it was the thing. Right. I, I call that a that- huge fail. I I'm the one to disagree. Right. I disagree strongly with all y'all ladies right now. I'm sorry. You like it? I I understand their reasoning behind it after reading their article about oh, okay. it. Um, Enlighten us. What's the reasoning? So if you head on over to their blog, they have an article called Say Hello to Our New Logo. Um, and in it, they, scri- they describe the reasons why they switched. Um their old logo was extremely easy to get wrong. It was 11 different colors. You wouldn't think that, but because of the way that the hashtag, like the colors overlapped and laid on one another, it was 11 different colors and it was uh, tilted to like an 18 degree angle. So anytime yes. other people would use their logo in any sort of um, like branding form, they would fuck it up all the time. The <laughs> colors were off. The placement was wrong. If you put it on any background other than like white, it looked like total garbage because it was 11 different colors. Um, I think I would like the new one because it doesn't look like a hashtag. I think I would like it if it had a brighter background, like even a white background. I would. Okay. So see, can you guys see? It's like, is that what that is what they're doing now? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. The reason I, I'm just, I'm. I feel like this is why I can never do anything besides an iPhone, like, because I'm, it's familiar, familiarity, is that right? God, I can't, can't say that word. No, you <laughs> familiar. <laughs> and, <laughs> so I just, it's just throwing me off. I think maybe when I get used to it, like, I, I don't really have that strong of opinion about it, except the fact that it's just taking me, like, five minutes to find my conversation. You just don't like the, the change. Yeah, that's it. And, and yeah. I don't pay attention oh, to the notifications. <laughs> I just think it's too dark. It doesn't show up. Yeah. I didn't like that it was purple on my computer. Like, it took my eyes a minute to adjust to it. Yeah, that did take me a second to adjust to, but I noticed it right away. It's so funny how just, like, a subtle color shift like that. The very yeah. next day when I opened my Slack on my computer and it did it. And I didn't do it after. It, like, automatically updated, which was what took me off guard. Right technology so all right we'll find slack you got a poop deck and you got a hot sauce packet that's never happened <laughs> before it's unprecedented <laughs> voyage so you can have both love it hate it we love the way slack operates it keeps us all very closely connected all day so that's a win guys it doesn't matter what color it is and i'm glad the logo is going to be working out for you thank you all so much for joining us today in this what could have been an awkward conversation i think turned into some really great stuff for you to move forward and conquer your negotiation in the future. Until the next time you join us, stay your course and remember that this is your voyage. Make it amazing. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every single day and we all deserve awards for just existing. If you're listening to the show and want several new best friends, leave us a rating and review us on iTunes. Subscribe, comment, and share us with your favorite lady friends. If you're watching the show, make sure you subscribe. 
Click the thing for instant notifications. Speak your mind in the comments. Share us with your fellow Voyagers.